representatives of the religious authorities have asked Jesus by what authority he has performed the many deeds in his ministry. Matthew has just told us the parable of the wedding feast. The Pharisees have seen it as an attack on them. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. The Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere, and teach the way of God in accordance with truth, and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us, then, what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things which are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. People may not realize this, but Jesus won the debate before he even said that. Remember that Jesus is encountered by the Pharisees and the Herodians in the temple. Now, the temple is, of course, the abode of the God of Israel. The God of Israel who gave the Ten Commandments. The first one is, I am God, there is no other. You shall have no God besides me. And secondly, you shall make no likeness of me. Well, in that temple, in exactly where the Ten Commandments were displayed, Jesus said, show me the coin used for the tax. And they produced an image of the God Caesar with his likeness and his title. So on this particular inscription, this would be the Emperor Titus which is extremely ironic because it was Titus who destroyed Jerusalem and the temple, A.D. 70. But you can see that it says Caesar Deus, Latin for Caesar deified. On the back, maximum pontifex, which was a term meaning 
the highest bridge builder, effectively. A pontiff is a bridge builder, a person who links colonies, essentially, together with the seat of the emperor. We may recognize the term pontifex because the Bishop of Rome, known as the Pope, also claims the term Pontifus Maximus. And we're familiar with seats because yes, last week, <laughs> the seat of the bishop, when we had the bishop's visitation, we always, in the Episcopal Church, meaning the place of bishops, we had a seat reserved for the bishop, which didn't work out too well. <laughs> for the record, Eddie did not sabotage the seat. That's my story and I'm sticking with it. Tied a little wheel was, we, you know, when you pick up the seat and move it, uh, the wheel fell out of the bottom. Seriously, that's our story. If you hear anything about it. But in any event, we know that it is an issue of power and dominion. Well, so literally, by carrying that coin with the image of a man, Caesar, claiming to be deified, claiming to be divine, with the title, Caesar the Divine, violated two commandments within the temple. So simply by the Pharisees and the Herodians pulling the coin out in the temple, Jesus had already shown that they were hypocrites, that they had violated the law. But in any event, they said, is it legal to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Well, taxes, more tribute. So I'm sure Walt would certainly explain that when the Roman Empire would conquer parts of the Mediterranean Rim, they would demand tribute, like most of the emperors, the Babylonian emperor, the Assyrian emperors, and so forth, basically pay the empire to administer them. <laughs> and Walt, this is for you. Apart from sanitation, the medicine, education, wine, public order, irrigation, roads, the fresh water system and public health, what have the Romans ever done for us? <laughs> well, what they did was they had the power of life or death, of slavery or freedom. And so when Jesus says, render to Caesar what is Caesar's, but render to God what is God, Jesus is drawing a very stark line between whose are you? The Pharisees, the Herodians, basically had to cooperate with the Roman Empire in order to maintain their authority locally. And so, effectively, by carrying that denarius, they acknowledged that they were more agents of Rome, the oppressors of the Hebrews, 
than of the God of Israel, who they were worshiping in that very temple. Well, one of my seminary professors used to, I don't want to say define, one doesn't capture the divine in definition, but perhaps to point to the divine by saying, who is God? God is the one who rose Jesus from the dead after first delivering the Hebrew slaves from Egypt. God is the one who raised Jesus from the dead after delivering the Hebrew slaves from Egypt. And we have, therefore, the dialectic of domination and liberation. Because in each of those events of salvation, God delivered God's people from the power of Caesar or an emperor. In Egypt, Pharaoh, who had oppressed and enslaved the Hebrews. And, of course, raising Jesus from the dead, who had been crucified as a traitor to Rome by Pilate, the agent of Caesar. Max Weber once defined the government by that entity which has the monopoly on violence that effectively it is the government that proclaims the righteousness of imprisonment, of fining or taxation, of even putting to death. We saw that in Jesus being put to death by the agent of the government, Pilate, when Pilate himself even declared Jesus completely innocent of any of the charges. But succumbing to the rioting crowd threw aside all that Rome had taught in legality and legal reforms and simply used brutal violence to put Jesus to death. So on the one side, we have domination and violence. And it is marked, therefore, by Caesar. By the medallion that bears Caesar's likeness and Caesar's title. In gold, like the calf that we read about last week. From the beginning, when they pulled Moses out of the Nile, if you remember from the sermon. On the other hand, we who are made in God's likeness, we reject domination and violence and instead worship a God of communion. How, therefore, is our likeness in God's likeness? Now, again, it's very easy to separate into 
God is, our likeness in God is because of gender or race. We've seen ideologies like that in the past. But instead, remember, we worship a triune God, a God of community. For if God is love, love is not intransitive. There must be someone who is beloved. And therefore, God needs others. God needs God's Son. God needs God's spirit of love between them. And in God's desire to share love with the universe, God created us. And therefore, when we are in communion with one another, when we are serving one another, caring for one another, bearing one another's burdens, we are in the likeness of God. And notice we use the plural pronoun we because we are in God's likeness, not I or you. But rather, the people that God has called to himself, the people that God has liberated from any oppression or from any violence, has brought us out of slavery and has given us new and abundant life in Christ's resurrection, who has loved us into existence, has created us to delight in one another and therefore has given us the good things of the world to share. It's really odd, I think, for a Jewish person to want to claim ownership of anything in the time of Jesus. After all, remember that in the Jewish law, every seventh day was a day of rest to turn from work in order to sanctify time, the God of time. Every seventh year, the field would lie fallow and God would create an abundance in the sixth year so that they would be fed. But every seventh seven, every 49th year would be the Jubilee. And that was when the God of Israel who gave his people the land would turn everything upside down and the ram's horn would sound. All of the land would be redistributed according to the 12 tribes so that anyone who tried to exercise dominion or inequity would be reduced to equality. All debts were forgiven. Imagine your credit card bills wiped out, your mortgage, your car payments gone, your mortgages or reverse mortgages were wiped away, and slaves would be freed. Why? Because the Hebrew people understood the land. All that the land gave them was God's gift, and that they were to hold it in trust And if it became out of balance, if it became unjust, God would renew it in justice, in faith, and in communion. 
Therefore, to bear God's likeness is to live in communion with one another, to live in justice with one another, to live in right relationship to the one who created all things and gives all good things on the earth to us so that we may use them to glorify him who called us into existence. Then repay unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. Did Caesar create the stars, hurl them to the ends of the universe? Can he make blood course through our veins or craft a hummingbird or a Gerbera daisy? No. Then his coins can't buy what is really in need. God, the creator, is the one whose face we seek. The domain of love that you give in grace and peace. We are in God's image, and we pray God take us as his own. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.